I'm the one novel kind of guy, you know. I'm not into harems. <laughs> I say, despite a lot of people saying I have a harem, but I don't. Yeah, I do that, you know, kind of borderline harem stuff. <laughs> This is the Crit RPG Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Lit RPG, Progression Fantasy, and Royal Road. Hi. Hi, Zogarth. How are you doing? I'm totally fine. I'm waiting to get back to playing Baldur's Gate 3 again. Yeah. Thank you for coming to the Crit RPG Podcast, everyone. It was so good after having you. This is Zogarth, and I'll see you next week. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I only managed to get in a single 12-hour session yesterday. Oh, no. Yeah. Life is tough, you know, a full workday. How do you balance this, like, playing video games and then also writing? Primarily through playing video games the entire day, then suddenly realizing, oh, shit, the day's nearly over, and then panic writing for a few hours, (laughs) and then trying to get the chapter done, and then uh, you're like, wait, I'm not done yet, and I'm too (laughs) tired. So what you then do is, you know, you uh, take your alarm clock, right? And uh-huh. then you say it's just like, oh, yeah, eight hours, that sounds good. How about <laughs> we clock that stuff down a few hours and then we can get uh, some more writing done in the morning. Like in that Shen comics clip where he's like sliding in the brick with video games in, in where sleep went. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, uh, we hmm. can balance this better. We don't need that much sleep. You can multitask, drink a, get an energy drink. That, that, that should count as an hour's sleep, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's how biology in the human body works. See, and I think this is the reason why so many lit RPG authors are that young. Because the old ones already all died. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I, I mean, shout out to old folks. See to you, be Sean. fair, I don't think the lit RPG has existed long enough yeah. in its current form to, for there to actually be a, a lot of old authors who are time to die of age. Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting for Brandon Sanderson to write a little RPG. I just thought you were saying I'm still waiting for him to die. No! I thought that was really, that was really messed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I think hasn't he talked about, like, he's talked about little RPG on uh, his mm-hmm. podcast a few times. Like, I, he's mentioned he knows about the genre, but yeah. I don't know if he'll write in it. He's it, already, like doing his own thing like his own kind of fantasy yeah i mean but think about it like a cosmere novel with a system yeah but the thing is a lot of times you could also ask yeah but it also worked pretty well without a system the oh first yeah time sure. around sure. and i feel like if you don't have anything to add with the system but just have it as, mm. as a system mm. then i don't really see any reason to have it be there a lot of modern novels I see, they pretty much just have the system as a display window. Mm-hmm. That is just like, oh yeah, these are your four spell ranks. Interesting, because, yeah, I mean, I don't want to like make this thing about me again. Yeah. But because I personally think that if you have a good system, then you can make that the crux of the story without just making the status, you know? Yeah, but I'm still thinking, does that actually make it a lit RPG? Or does that just make it game lit, as people also say? That actually go is a great segue to no one bloody knows what the genre is. If you go on yeah. Arsless Lit RPG and people ask about uh, any good Lit RPG recommendations, first <laughs> response, have you read Cradle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, I mean, shout out to Shirtaloon. He Who Fights with Monsters is a cultivation novel. 
see, yeah, actually, I'm not even sure if it's cultivation. It's not. It's just like just regular fantasy. Yes, that is also true. But I mean, you got monster cores. Yeah. You got your collecting experience and then meditating to cultivate it. Yeah. Right? Everyone but Jason is in a cultivation novel with the ranks, and it's not called like Jade Rank, but Platinum. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it does like have all the key things. Mm-hmm. Though I also, I'm not sure. I always feel like cultivation always have like the Asian mythological element to Do them. they though? Again, I read way too many uh, Xianxia or Xianxia, okay. however it is pronounced. <laughs> and I always feel like there's always, you know, an element of Buddhism and stuff mixed <laughs> into cultivation. Like the entire concept of the Tao and what uh, yeah. That feels very important to me, to the cultivation. If not, it's just fantasy where you condense power. Like, I feel like it's very normal, even the meditation thing, mm. to, you know, gather energy and learning and studying magic. Oh my god, I just had the best idea ever. We need to write a finance cultivation novel. <laughs> and they're not they're not using the Dow, they're using the Dow Jones. <laughs> no, even better. They're like fighting each other with economic novels and they're like, what is he doing? Oh my god. He's doing the Friedman. Then <laughs> 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 it's like, what happened? Where did he go to? Oh no, he used the porter, the porter strategy and repositioned himself in the market. No! He has a strategic <laughs> advantage. Please write that. You know way more about this than I do. This is great. No, no. Please, I don't please, want please. To. That would be horrible. Uh, it yeah, would be a good joke for like <laughs> 10 chapters and then everyone's gonna leave. I mean, let's find like a short story or something. I mean, like if someone in RPG can even write a short story. If I ever write another story or have a spin off, I've pretty much been told I need to write if I ever write anything else. You need to write a what? Uh, a spin-off story, if I ever need to write anything else. Mm. It mm. is called The Primal Hamster. It is the exact <laughs> same as The Primal Hunter, except the main character switch out for an overpowered hamster. <laughs> that's like going like Monty Python, like uh, the rap <laughs> from that. Just going around <laughs> slaughtering people, being the most overpowered creature in the world. Have you seen the Archer episode? Archer episode 100? No, I don't think so. That's exactly what they did. They The first episode, one-to-one... They just exchanged Archer for Velociraptor. That's... <laughs> and he's talking in these Velociraptor noises, and everyone just like talks as though they understand them because it didn't change anything else. It is hilarious as fuck. Yeah, and that just sounds like an entirely normal novel. Or yes. like an entirely normal episode, if that happens. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, please, please do. I very badly added your main character to my novel as a kind of cameo, I guess. Um, yeah. It's basically it's a guy in a green cloak with glowing eyes, and he shoots and he shoots snakes from his bow. Like, yeah, yeah. that is very normal. It happens all the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <sighs> oh, okay. I feel like there's also a lot of people that have, you know, a sack from the finds of the fall, which is like just a big guy swing around a big axe, <laughs> and with a dumb name. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, no, it's fine. But they come to speak of it, how did you start writing Prime Hunter? Like, was it your love of hamsters or? No, it was just, I've been reading a lot of lit up at the time. Mm-hmm. My pipeline to the entire lit up was, uh, I started out reading Japanese mm-hmm. manga, watching anime. Then I was like, no, I need to go deeper. Then I began <laughs> to read the light novels. <laughs> and I was like, this is not enough. 
And then I began to read the, the Xiantia, the translated novel, and I'm like, I need more Asian literature. <laughs> so I began to read the uh, Korean novels. <laughs> and then, then it was like, these translations, they're getting to me. But then I discovered, oh, wait, there are also original English ones. Oh. So then I found a Royal Road. Well, I found a few mm. other websites first, but then the Royal Road, where I began to read Arcane Emperor, one of the mm. classics mm-hmm. of the lit RPG. Mm-hmm. It's been on uh, like hiatus for years now. Oh. But uh, yeah, and uh, then I began to read all the other big ones, and I really enjoyed them. And then uh, from there, this is the thing. I'm from Denmark, right? Denmark doesn't have... have uh, Amazon is really small in Denmark. You can't buy here. They don't really ship things. You have to pay $25 shipping if you buy uh-huh. a single book. Mm-hmm. Like, if I buy a book, it costs... If I pay per book, it costs more than shipping as it costs for the actual book. Mm-hmm. And But they also don't have things like Kindle Unlimited. They like, don't? No, you can't subscribe to it. It's not available in my country. So I didn't know anything about Amazon. So I... Let me say like this. I've never read a single book on Kindle. What? Okay, yeah. I mean, that, that's legit. Yeah. I, I, what's funny about this... I checked the Royal Road traffic stats this morning yeah. uh, as part of research. Did you know that 35.8% of all Royal Road readers, that's 50 million, are from the US? But did you know 3.5% are from Denmark? Yeah, I know that there's a lot of Danes. Yeah, It's interesting. also because we have a lot of disposable free time. Oh, you yeah, know? that's true. Yeah, not uh, to talk about, you know, but there's strong unions doing their job. That's good. I mean, you were a manager, so probably not good for you, but uh, let's talk about the revolution after the podcast. Exactly, 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 exactly. Uh, in the bold material, which you can subscribe the, support to. Support the writer strike, support the actor strike. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So yeah. please first support your writers and support your actors because the writers are going to strike next if they keep doing this bullshit with the AI. And we do we have a union? Uh, I think it's very hard to have a union considering... I think most of the authors are not even from the US. And also, like, you don't need anyone else. Yeah, like, there mm. is, like, a union. There is that, like, sci-fi fantasy uh, union. I can't mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. the name. But that's literally called the North American something. <laughs> and yeah. it's only for Americans. There's not really any international ones. But, yeah, to get, like, back to uh, how I began to write, mm-hmm. I was, like, just, you know, reading a lot of stuff, and then meanwhile playing a mega mod at Skyrim, because of course you do, like that's what you're supposed yes. to. And I remember I had just been reading Defiance of the Fall, I've been reading Hugh Fires and Monsters, Asmund Feeler, Rain mm-hmm. the Ghost Town, all of the big ones. And I remember I was sitting there playing Skyrim. I was walking around, sneaking around, and of course I was playing the best build, Stealth Archer, it's the only build in the game. <laughs> and, and I remember shooting, and I thought, huh, that's weird. Why does none of them use a bow? And that ah. was my great epiphany. I just ah. write the same cookie cutter stuff as everyone else, but I have a bow, and that's make me different. <laughs> You're so self-deprecating. It's so sad, <laughs> but it's also so funny. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's how I got started. And then, of course, it took years before I actually probably wrote anything from there. Okay, so you read Azarin Thieler before you started writing? Uh, well, I read some of it. Asmund Feeler is a really old one. Didn't the first book come out like... Uh, I read it on Royal Road. Yeah, but... Oh. It began posting over five years ago. Oh. Again, remember, oh. I don't do Amazon. Yeah. 
Uh, huh. All of the stories uh, I'm talking about, like Randy Goes on Defiance, all of them are Royal Road. That's cool. Yeah, so like that's how I got to know them. Something like randomly that began posting how many like. If you are a friend of the Kazoo ad, you have to be very, very strong now. I regret to inform you that Sherdaloon went and bought the tier that removes the Kazoo ad from all podcasts. And and now just gone. So you got Shirtaloon to thank for that. On the other hand, if you want to add the kazoo ad again, there's a tier for that too. Thanks so much for listening, and let's get on with the show. Eight years ago or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a really old story. Yeah, I'm just taking uh, only like between six and seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. cool. And of course, I, then I began planning my system and stuff. But at the mm-hmm. time, I was still studying and waiting to break into the job market. Mm-hmm. And then when I got done studying, I did what most people do when they are done with the education. I was unemployed. <laughs> yes. You know, the standard. So I was on, you know, government benefits while searching a bunch of jobs. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of young people can relate if they, like, don't have any of those degrees where you instantly get a job. Not having a job is really, yeah, I didn't, like, right mm-hmm. away. It took me half mm-hmm. a year before I got mm-hmm. a proper job. Mm-hmm. But not having a job is really, really exhausting. It's kind yes. of weird. Yes. And it feels like, I think the worst part is you send out applications every single day. You feel Mm -hmm. like you did something, but you never get anything out of it. You get a bunch of response that is like, hey, we chose another candidate. No, thanks. We're not interested. Or the most usual response, goddamn silence. Your nose looked weird on the photo. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just, well, they don't really say that. They just ignore your email. Yeah. But so, yeah, you're just... Sitting there and you get up every single day and you go to bed and you feel like nothing is really happening. Mm, It's the mm. same shit in and out all the time. And then I began to, you know, I feel like I need to do something every Mm day. So that's when I really began to write the novel. I was like, all right, if I like write a chapter every day or like just at least half a chapter, then I feel like, hey, when I go to bed that night, at least I did something that feels productive. Like, I made something. And it has to be clear, at the time, I didn't plan on actually ever posting it online. Mm-hmm. It was never the plan. It was, like, to relieve stress and, like, to feel like I did something. Because mm-hmm. I read it and I thought, oh, yeah, this is the worst. I thought it was horrible what I wrote. And I remember, like, catching up to chat with the others. I was like, yeah, this is so much better. But I still kept writing because I thought it was fun and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Then I ended up getting a job and then I just kept writing, like as I was working there. Oh, that's so cool. And a bunch of other novels came out during the times I was like, oh, yeah, I can integrate stuff from that. That's fun. And then, uh, yeah. And then uh, I first was like, you know, the employment is like you're employed like temporary. So I was employed two times, three months. Mm-hmm. And then after a bunch of stuff and then COVID hit and all of that stuff, making all the more complicated. But yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then I was permanently employed. Mm-hmm. And then I got a bit of promotion at work, which was pretty much like, hey, now it's like, hey, I'm actually like staying here for good. Mm-hmm. And the exact same day I got that promotion, it was like, first of all, really funny day. I got my promotion. I went into my boss's office. We were like, because we had some floating like seats, you know, because yeah. people came and went in the company a lot. They like was in the construction business. 
Oh no. Yeah, no, no, that. they no no, not because they got fired. Like they <laughs> were in other countries and like out on work sites and stuff. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. I had just one of the temporary but they were like, Yeah, so we will order the chair disc, you know, for my uh, office space. And it was like, Great. And then uh, two hours after we ordered my new desk and uh, chair, the Prime Minister of Denmark said, All right, everyone, send your employees home again, COVID is back. Oh no so, Yeah, so I went <laughs> home again. But uh, that evening when I got home, I was like, All right. I have a real job now. I won't have as much time to write my novel anymore. So I decided, you know what? I'm just going to throw it on Roy Row. I'm going to do a quick edit of the first chapter. And then I'm going to throw it on there. Without rambling, without anything. It was horrible. <laughs> so I threw it on there. I was like, great. And then I began to like just every day after work, I would like edit the chapter I had. And then I would throw it up there. Oh, cool. Because I felt like I always, you know, had in the back of my mind, hey, if it like ever turned into something, that would be cool. Mm. But I never expected anything because I know you are gambling. It is pure gambling. Mm. So I threw it up there. And then I think I got seven followers my first day. Like after a week, I had 70 followers. Uh, by the way, these days people get like a thousand for uh, like 4,000 followers within a week. Mm-hmm. Like on Royal Road. I had a slow and steady growth. It slowly went up. Mm-hmm. And back then, it also worked a lot different. Like, Railroad right now, there are, like, methods to game the system. You know you have to post a certain number count before you get on the rising starts, which was the old trending list. Yeah. So, all right, you need to post at least five chapters day one, and then you need to post at least one chapter a day, maybe two a day, in order to keep the word count up to get the proper views. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was just, oh, yeah, I just post a chapter a day. Yeah. And then see what <sighs> happens. And back then, you could also only get on the trending list after 30 days. So people still gamed it back then. I just didn't know how to game it. Uh-huh. But I got lucky and I got on trending list and I had a review that I could feature and stuff. And then I slowly began to grow. And I posted mid-late September the first time around. Then October came around and I slowly began to get some views. Mm-hmm. And then uh, like one and a half month in or something, people began to ask me in the comments where the link to the Patreon was. Because at this point, I was on the popular this week. So that meant when people went on there, they saw uh, Ashwin Feeler. They saw, mm-hmm. uh, I think, Salvos was there from uh, Melis, uh, mm-hmm. D. And then they saw Hugh Five Monsters, The Finds of the Fall, Rainley Ghost Town, and then mine was in there. Oh, no! Every single one of them had a Patreon link. I didn't, because I had never thought of making a Patreon. Oh, okay. So I was like, huh, this Patreon stuff. And I was like, wait, oh, this is cool. I can make both my good wage and a little bonus from this writing stuff. So I made my Patreon. And I made it, like, late October. Like, for launch in November. Got, like, $200 my first month, because it was, like, I launched the 28th of October, and it was, like, first day charging, so people paid me for, like, three days of no chapters. Nice, nice. People were weird. But, yeah, and then I ended up, my first month of November, I did around, uh, like, $5,000. Gee, that's crikey. It was, like, pretty good. It was not as much as, like, my job, but it was good. And then I was like, huh, this could actually turn into something. And then, because at the time, I wasn't struggling for money or anything. Never really did. So I thought, huh, I would rather sit on my ass at home and write this than, you know, actually put on proper pants and stuff and go to job every <laughs> day. <laughs> go to a job every day. 
So I was like, all right, let me see if this actually works. And then I like began to really go in with the web novel thing in November. Mm-hmm. While working a very demanding job, I was very much in charge of like a pretty big project by myself. Mm-hmm. I like had a few people help me. And let me say, uh, that is very stressful to work two full-time jobs at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And then came December and I like I got paid again. And then I actually faced the problem. In Denmark, you have to register yourself if you make like above around like yeah. $8,000. You have to register a company for VAT <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And in my employment contract, I had one where I said I had to at least inform them and get permission <laughs> if I want to run my own company on the side. But like, oh, fuck, I have to actually make company. So I went to my boss and he knew I wrote stuff and he was like, oh, that sounds neat. There was like, yeah, I kind of want to quit. Then it was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> but uh, but he managed to convince me. I stayed on for like four more months, like hourly working from home, just helping, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much an external consultant until they found my replacement. Mm-hmm. And then I, yeah, then I went full on writing and that's what I've been doing since. Nice. Huh. That's pretty fucking interesting. I mean, I've made the joke before. You make like right now on your Patreon, it's clearly visible that you make like yeah, yeah. What, 18,000 or no, wait, even more, right? Yeah, um. uh, le- like last month, you can really see like because of how it works, mm. but like last month I oh. made $41,892. Yeah. And that is down from in May, that was 45357 mm. That mm. was like my highest month ever. Mm. As they call it in Denmark, minimum wage. So, Sli- so. Slightly above. Slightly above. <laughs> slightly above. Okay. So, but again, like you're super open about this with the, with the entire money stuff. And I mean, we've been talking before the show, which by the way, you can listen to on the bonus material. You can subscribe to my Patreon. Oh, damn, um, we talked about not sharing that. Come on. All of my secrets, all of my dirty ones. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but you set them yeah. and now they're recorded and they're going to go on Patreon. Damn you. At least save some for the blackmail. Uh, yeah, sure, of course. Thanks. Also, like if if you wanna if you wanna hear Zolgoth trash talk Athon, no, he didn't do that. I'm oh, sorry, I, I I'm not gonna take that joke that far. Oh, all right, let's trash talk Athon. Uh, all right, what do we have on them? What do we have on them? <laughs> I think the logo is basic AF. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Red, please forgive me, please. Yeah, oh, 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 oh. Is this the point where I say? All authors' opinions are their own, and I'm not affiliated with any of them? Sure. <laughs> Good. Um, though the question was actually, is there a particular reason why you're so open with, uh, with all of this? Because I know, for example, other people aren't. First of all, because I don't really see any reason not to be open about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know a lot of authors, like, I won't name who it was, but I know one author who, like, uh, does really well. Like, it does really well, like, seven mm-hmm. figures a year now. And uh, when he, he had, like, you know, a few years where he worked, uh, let's just say, like, shit jobs. Let's just mm-hmm. cut anything. And uh, he was, you know, just going by. And then he hit a big with, like, uh, when he began writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing how many old friends and family members that haven't talked to you in years mm-hmm. suddenly want to reach out and get along well with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he said mm-hmm. that he had that problem. Yeah. And I remember, like, that was when he began, like, hiding how, like, when he stopped, like, talking about, like, with the friends and stuff, like, how much he actually made. He was the, never really that open, I think, about, like, how much he made on, you know, Amazon stuff. Do you, but I think his friends knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know Asmongold? Uh, yeah, yeah. I played World of Warcraft for, like, 15 years. 
It's hard not to. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I, oh my god. So there's this one clip of his that is very popular, where one of his friends comes in and he hangs out in a stream and tells stories about him. And he says that they only realized how much money he made when he, they went to a gas station and they bought a bag of chips. And he said, no, don't worry, I got it. Then they were like, oh, oh shit, man, you're a millionaire now. Oh, shit, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've, I haven't reached the stage yet. Yeah, no, we're talking about it, minimum wage, it's fine. Like, you don't even yeah, need yeah, to be ashamed yeah, of yeah. it. Like, you have no idea how expensive chips are in Denmark. Like, you know, we got uh, like 25% VAT on every product. Like, can yeah, I mean, it? okay, going back to writing. So if, if I'm a new author, right, uh, I'm going out. I did my research, but you said it yourself. You were in crucial ways, very lucky and then clever enough to act on it, right? Yeah. But if you're like a regular author, like, or how much money do you make off of, like Amazon, for example. Can you talk about that stuff? Yeah, I make more of like Amazon a month than I make of Patreon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But to just, of course, with royalties and like how the deal is made, mm -hmm. it can be hard to know. But like if we just go by the first quarter this year, like mm -hmm. quarter one, you know, January, February, March, where I didn't have an audiobook come out, but uh, there I made uh, just around like 230000 from uh, Amazon. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's mm. it's good. In euros, right? Uh, dollars. Okay. Dollars. Mm. Every, Still. Everything's in dollars. Mm. Mm. I've just gotten used to always talking in dollars because it's what people understand. <laughs> yeah, money talks. English. No, no it's I, also that if I say like mm. euros, then people have to like go on Google and figure out how much yeah. is a euro to a dollar. I don't understand how I'm going to pay anything with euros. Aren't those those Greek things? They technically also are the Greek things. They abolished the oldest currency of the world for the euro. Yes. Meanwhile, Denmark was like, no, we keep the Danish krone. <laughs> and we are like, but the Danish krone is like only 5 million people. Like, you can't sustain the currency as a small country. We were like, no, we <laughs> want to keep it. They were like, all right, all right, how about this? What if we just say that the Danish krone 100% follows the euro <laughs> and one Danish krone is always... Four point, I think it's four, no, 7.455. Always. No matter what. It 100% follows the euro. We're like, but it'll still be called the Danish crown, right? And we're like, yeah. Yeah, sure. All right, that's fine then, all right? We won. We don't have the euro. We call it something else. <laughs> <sighs> but we pretty much do have the euro, yes. <laughs> but there's a lot of, like, Amazon is where the real money is at, if you can mm. say that. Mm -hmm. And like from there, most of the money, like for someone like me, most of the money is in a Kindle Unlimited, mm -hmm. the KENP page reads, mm -hmm. where you're like, mm -hmm. for those that don't know, where uh, you get paid for every page that is read. So for mine, yes. when I put out like 200k books, that means I tend to get paid more from like someone just reading the full book in Kindle Unlimited than someone buying the actual Kindle book outright. Hmm. While for a smaller book, like a more regular sized mm. that you normally find, they do get more if you like just buy the Kindle version over reading on Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. Also because of the Kindle book in traditional publishing is like seven dollars, eight dollars, and maybe nine. Whereas for ours it's like two ninety nine or something. Yeah, I think it's like four ninety nine they start with and then the sales. Yeah. And then I think like obviously like increases like whenever books come out. Mm. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah. Um Hmm. Oh, pretty interesting. Cool. All right. What was the next segment, actually? Because you were kind of self-deprecating earlier, but uh, you don't get to be 
Zogarth without having picked up some skills. So what's some good writing advice that you've gotten as a writer? Just for writing or also for publishing and stuff? Any, any way you like. I think the number one advice for writing is go write. Mm-hmm. It's like pretty standard, but the biggest enemy of good enough is, you know, wanting everything to be perfect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you need to realize that when you start to write your novel, especially the first one, it's probably going to suck. Like most first novels suck. I think I was kind of lucky that I spent so long before I started publishing anything. When I published my first chapter, I already had 180 chapters written. Mm-hmm. That That is pretty much like two and a half books already written fully. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my chapter 180 was a lot better than my chapter one. Mm-hmm just from, you know, writing and improving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think the best thing to actually practice writing is just write something. Accept mm-hmm. that it's probably going to be crap, but just get your ideas down on paper. Try to actually formulate it. At least mm-hmm. learn, like, the basic rules, like how to write dialogue grammatically correct and stuff. But otherwise, just, like, freeball it a bit. Mm-hmm. Just see what happens. Yeah, with the caveat that uh, finishing is a skill. Yeah, like, I would say you don't even have to finish the novel. You just mm. have to finish some chapters. Uh, yes, sorry. What I meant to say with that is you are going to encounter different problems if you keep going past 40, 60, 80 chapters than yeah. you are when you're encountering at the beginning. Yeah. Okay, that, that's uh, pretty good advice. Ve- very true. And mm. then for, like, when you actually publish the thing, this is the thing I'll say. In the beginning, like, read comments, get feedback... Well, 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 it's a new ad. If you're interested in having your story shouted out on this podcast, please reach out to me under critrpg.podcast at gmail.com. For now, I just finished the first book in my own series, Torchbearer. If you like a slow burn story about weak to OP main characters, mixing magic and technology and numbers going up, you might also enjoy this one. You can find the link to my link tree down below. And that's all for now. Thank you very much for listening and or watching. And let's get on with the show. Look for ways to improve. When you get big, ignore everything. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to all the fans. It sounds a bit rude, but like, if you want to get depressed and suffer a mental health episode, being a Royal Road author is like one of the best ways to do that. Like, that's goddamn Mm. fast track. Yeah. Uh... Of the author, like pretty much none of the big authors like read comments on Royal Road anymore. I disabled my ratings and I might actually disable my comments soon because... Yeah, um, uh, see this thing, don't uh, see that's the other problem. If you disable them, you pretty much screw over a lot of yourself. Because yeah. a lot of people say, oh, you disable your rating, that's just because you know your book is bad and you don't want people to tell you it's bad. And like if you disable the comments, it's because, oh yeah, you can take criticism and you don't want people to discuss your novel. Yeah. And there's no one actually reading it. Yeah, that's yeah. People don't understand. Either people don't understand or don't care about how how much it actually fucking hurts. Oh, they straight up don't care. And then there's also mm. the other problem. Like I had a guy who like really went off, right? Mm-hmm. And I found out, oh yeah, that's because he's fucking thirteen, and he's high on energy drinks all the time. Oh man, yeah. That's something you also have to consider on the internet. You, f- mm. I feel like often people, when they like see a mean comments, they think like it's some uh, 25, 30 year old sitting at home, like just being, haha, I'm just a dick. Well, a lot of times 
it's just an idiot kit. Yeah. So I yeah, that makes it actually a little bit better. I had one comment where I thought like, hey, what the fuck are you writing this? And I was this close to writing back going, oh man, thank you very much for the comment. What kind of hobbies do you have? And they would maybe not even answer. Or if they answered, they would be like, oh, thank you so much. I'll come to, come to your next basketball match and shout how bad you are. Like it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like, no, he's not even tall enough to play basketball yet. <laughs> exactly, not even tall. Yeah, exactly. He's still uh, going. Still going. Yeah. It's a bit of a shame. Um, That's why I'm saying like, the best advice is to just not don't read the comments. A lot of people like don't read it. Don't read it at all. Mm. It's so far that again, not gonna name any names, but there are people that have hired employees to post their chips from Royal Road to avoid ever yeah. going on the website themselves. I was suggesting like, hey, get a digital assistant, and then just have them summarize the comments like, hey, do they like where the story is going or not? Yeah, but that's about it. Yeah, for me right now, I don't read on like Royal Road at all. Yeah. Unless like sometimes I go on the front page, then I like see the tough few comments. But I do read on Patreon. Yeah. Also like there you can actually just ban people if you don't like them. Sure, they can't give you money, but hey, mm. your ten dollars isn't worth my mental health. And then also there people are paying. Yes. And that's so a whole different thing, yeah. Mm. Actually, there's like so many segues we still need to explore, but... Oh, yeah. H hurry, hurry. Speed round. <laughs> Baldur's Gate. Okay. You already mentioned that you love um, Azerinth Healer. Is there any other books that you say, that's actually so freaking good, you need to read this, and this is why? Well, I'm going to go with Rangers Apprentice by uh, mm -hmm. John Flanagan. Old one. Okay. Why is uh, it good? Don't, don't read the newest books. It's not lit up. It's not anything. It's like an old book. I think it's like YA fiction. I was a big uh, fan of that. Okay. Why is it so good? Uh, because it has an RGMZ. And then it's also a general well-written book. It's maybe like a bit for younger audiences. And I will be honest, I read it when I was young. So I probably liked mm -hmm. it a lot more back then due to mm -hmm. that. But uh, I personally think like that's a really good series. Cool. Awesome. And then for road fiction, like there's a lot of them. I would say, like, if people like my novel, they probably also like stuff like Defiance of the Fall. And, but it's a bit meaningless to mention, like, hey, have you heard of you fucking monsters, Defiance of the Fall? Bradley yeah. Ghost Town, you know, those big novels. Do you know any small ones, then? Mm. The thing is, often the small ones, I only notice them when they get big. I Yeah, I'm really bad at, like, at exploring around. And also, a lot of the big ones that you see come out recently come from existing authors mm -hmm, that already mm -hmm. have books out. Mm -hmm. And they are, many of them are signed to Athon already, mm -hmm. too. Like but, Reborn as Symbolic Tree, for example, like if you go on Royal Road right now, like popular this yeah. week. Return of Grumbo Professor, that's Actus. We already that's talked Actus. to him. I'm a fan yeah. of that novel. A Reborn as Symbolic Tree, that's Excarnation, also signed with Athon. Didn't you say that twice? Oh, am I crazy? Uh, uh, no, Return of the Room of Fraser and yes, Reborn exactly. Monic Tree. Because you mentioned the tree the first time. Okay, I got it. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's probably because I'm reading both of them at the same time, so I'm confusing myself. Return of the Roombound Tree Demon. <laughs> okay, no. The Roombound um, Tree Professor. Oh, my God, yeah. That would be a great crossover novel. We need to do that. But no, but I don't really know. Book of the Dead is really good coming out soon. And, uh, yeah, I think it's coming out like the 15th or something. What's it about? It's uh, written by Rhino C, the first, same guy who wrote uh, Chrysalis about, uh, you know, mm -hmm. ants. 
mm-hmm. this one's about uh, necromancer. Oh, cool, nice. Yeah, and it's uh, really high rated, and uh, people uh, really like it. Mm-hmm. Like it's highly recommended also around the forums and stuff. And besides that, again, it's a lot of I probably can't even remember a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like I read a lot on well, I used to read a lot on railroad. So mm-hmm. the problem is a lot of the novels I used to read that I thought were good are now big novels that mm-hmm. people already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. The more I write, the more I podcast, the more I go into the space and kind of like do my thing, the less I, time I have to read. I also have the problem that what I end up reading these days are people sharing Google Docs and like new story ideas and yeah. like feedback on the first few chapters and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that is what I primarily end up reading these days. People that want feedback, people that come out with new stories. So on that note, I think my shout out for this week would be old folks' new story. Dawn of the Last Dragon Rider is a story about about a young boy who finds a dragon or dragon egg and gets to be the first bonded dragon rider in like ages. Has an archer MC actually. Oh my god, goddamn ripoffs everywhere, man. How dare uh, do you use have... a bow? I invented that. <laughs> you invented the bow. <laughs> I invented the bow. Yeah. But actually, I'm so excited to shout it out because it really showcases just how far Sean has come. And it's a really good story. You can definitely see how good it is and how fast he improves. I highly recommend it. Any book with an RGMC is worth checking out. That's there a good go. rule of thumb. There you go. It has cute dragons. It has a really cool skill system. Yeah. Like None it's standard, of that really but cool. matters. He has a bow, right? He has <laughs> a bow. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All the other stuff, that's just fluff to like promote the awesomeness of the bow. <laughs> exactly. Actually, like, he does really cool shit because he has limited arrows. So that's one caveat that he has with the story where he tries to make it interesting. So there's 15 orcs, but he only has 10 arrows. So what's he going to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun stuff. All right. Oh my god, Zorgarth, you were on my podcast for one hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. Not the first time. Business beaters can sometimes last up to eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. but Next question. Come on, come on. Speed round. We're done. Oh. Wait. You said there were a bunch more, and then you had, like, one question. <laughs> Surprise. No. Actually, yeah, we're done. If you want to, you can stay, uh, stay after the show for a little bit. You can talk about uh, material, 10 minutes or something. Wait, you forgot to ask, what is the one thing you learned by writing that you would love to go back and prove on in older works? I asked that. Oh, I just forgot. Actually, uh, um, or did I dream that? No. Uh, you... I think we maybe like did it in a roundabout way. Yeah. So what was it? I don't know. I think we talk about you just if you write more, then you just no. get better. And then you That's, like, yeah, that, that was the advice question. Mistakes, yeah. That was the advice question, and we actually did skip the, what yeah. would you go back? What, what would you go back to? Right now, I probably wouldn't go back and change anything, but that's because I f- feel like often what ends up happening is that when you go back and change stuff and try to improve, hmm. it can go a lot of ways. That's a, It's actually a, not really a tangent, but a bit of a... When you start out on a side like Royal Row, that's a good hmm. uh, litmus test for how the book will do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you then need to move on to Amazon after that, sure, there's a lot of arguments that the heavy editing and like changing like big story element editing and stuff can mm-hmm. improve the Amazon release. But you have an editor for that? Not really. Like developmental editing, you know, actual story changes. Mm-hmm. The author is heavily involved in that. Like you pretty much like oh. go back and forth and spar. 
like how would you improve? Yeah. That's what I mean, right? They support you and good yeah. developmental editor would not let you go off the cliff. Yeah, but I am going to argue something. They don't know what the fuck's going to sell. No one oh, knows yeah. what's going to sell. That's oh, yeah. kind of the problem. If they knew what was going to sell, they would just write the books themselves or like constantly advise for bestsellers. And right now, I think the only, like for example, for my book, right? Hmm. I think, not sure, a lot of people say, but I think I've gone at least like better in some aspects from when I started. Right? Oh, yeah. I, I hope, hope so. so. Hope so. Mm -hmm. Like, you tend to get better at things the more you do them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but doesn't mean that if I go back and change my first book, then maybe, like, it loses some charm. It loses some, like, elements of cohesion mm -hmm. that will just disappear. And mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. the problem with the developmental editor that it may be that it becomes a better novel from an objective standpoint, mm. but it could also make it worse. Yeah. Like, the kind of words that people are like, well, I can't put my finger on it, but I think it's worse now. Yeah, the and uncanny valley. Mm. Yeah. And I think when you already have a novel that did well on Royal Road, mm. that you already kind of had a test that let you know, maybe this book is not the best it could be, mm. but it's at least good enough to get a good audience. Mm -hmm. So editing, it is a risk. Could get better, could get worse, but you already know it's at least good enough right now. Yeah. And I think that, plus also another thing, you save a lot of time. And when you also have a Patreon and stuff going on, mm. then time becomes your most valuable resource, I say, having mm. been on a podcast for two hours. <laughs> talking about hey, this is, this is completely worth your time. All my five listeners will love this. I'm kidding. I love you guys. Yeah, yeah. There's at least 50 of them. <laughs> we are dozens. <laughs> we are dozens. Dozens, I tell you. <laughs> No. Actually, yeah. If you're here for the first time and if you've been listening to Zogarth and I talk for all this time, go check out my other podcasts. I also have we have pretty cool guests. I think by this time, by the, this is released, there's Honor Ray is going to be on there, Void Herald, Miles English, the guy who wrote Box and Izakai. Go around, click stuff, click like, click subscribe, so that one day I might actually become big. No, oh yeah, I'm definitely check out Void Herald. He writes so goddamn many novels. You're bound to find one you like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Next week, I'm going to have a wonderful recording with Ravensdagger, who is, I think, is just an electric typewriter trapped in a human body. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, Ravensdagger is like, I have no issues like writing six novels at once, but the publishing gets so hard. Like, the fuck? Yeah. <sighs> I'm the one novel kind of guy, you know? And that's perfectly legit. I'm not into harems. <laughs> not into harems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm a mono novel. It's the tagline of the story, like, Zogarth, I'm not into harems. <laughs> okay. I <sighs> say, despite a lot of people saying I have a harem, but I don't. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I do that, you know, kind of borderline harem stuff. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. My face is hurting because of all the laughing we did. <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah, my voice is hurting because of all the talking we did. Yeah, hopefully you did more than I did. So. Yeah. Cool. I think I did. I tend to ramble. Yeah, that's just nice. It was good for me as a podcaster. All right, thank you so much. Yeah. And I'll see you guys next time. Also, please do check out my Patreon because there will be bonus material. This is now recording 1 hour 55, so if this thing you're listening to is less than 1 hour 55, many, many interesting tidbits 
and Zogarth completely popping off will going to be on the Patreon. Yeah, and go read my book, buy my books, I just bought a house, I need money help. Yes, Zogarth just bought a house. Yes, I just bought a house. Please, yes. I need money, help me. Yes. I, do, I don't actually need money, I just want them. <laughs> so this has been the ever-charming and very, you know, down-to-earth Zogarth. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm the most chill guy you'll ever meet. <laughs> sure. You can you can find it on the bonus I'm, material. I'm also the most humble person you'll ever meet. Yeah. I would actually claim I am the best at being humble out of everyone. Absolutely. I stopped being humble because I just can't be everything at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is hard. It is hard to be. It's a curse, really. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, go visit Zogos Patreon. Actually, do read his books. Pretty cool dude. Thank you, everyone. I'll probably check out at least Amazon stuff. Yeah, I'm going to put a link to the Amazon stuff below the video. If you haven't read Prime Hunter yet, it is a household staple. Go and read it. I'll see you next time. Bye.